lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He is Aaron McIntyre, and he is Todd Erzin. And then you are you. Let us know who you are. In fact, via the SteveDace.com inbox, you can email the program, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Look for Steve Dace there, as well as MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. And if you're looking for clips of the program that you can watch for free later on, go to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Coming up here on this Wednesday, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation will be joining us. He has a bombshell new story out just now looking at India and the ivermectin data. You guys may be shocked to hear this, but they lied. Thoughts? Just Anybody? Another, just another day that ends in why. All, all they do is lie. Yes, they do. Yes, and so we will talk to Daniel about that and more coming up during the final segment of the show today. Also, we will play our weekly game of zany hijinks known as Buy, Seller, Hold. Who knows what tasty nuggets you guys have in store for Todd and I to pontificate on. Uh, that'll begin at the bottom of this hour. But before we get to all of that, of course, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by letting people die because orange man bad. A new study from doctors at the Smith Center for Infectious Diseases in New Jersey shows the use of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin is associated with more than a 100% increase in survival of patients who required invasive medical ventilation. Around this time last year, on June 15th, the FDA determined that, quote, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine are unlikely to be effective in treating COVID-19 for the authorized uses in the emergency use authorization, which it revoked. Death of the West update. The CEO of the Colonial Oil Pipeline, which suffered that cyber attack a couple of weeks ago, was brought in front of a Senate panel and was asked by Senator Josh Hawley whether his company has workers who know how to operate the pipeline manually in case of a cyber attack. It's a really interesting question because if you look at the aging workforce now, a lot of those people that did operate Colonial Pipeline and other infrastructure in America historically manually, they're retiring or they're gone. Fortunately, we still have that last bit of that generation, which allowed us to do what we did during this particular event. Kamala Harris was in Mexico City yesterday, meeting with the president of Mexico outside masked while vaccinated. She took this question from a reporter at Univision. Thank you, Madam Vice President. For me, it's an honor because I actually got to vote for the first time as a nationalized citizen. And I voted for you. So my question is... Jen Psaki was asked this morning... Why is it then uh, that when the vice president is asked if she has plans to visit the border, she says we've been to the border even though she has not as vice president? Well, as the vice president, she does speak for uh, the actions of the people in the administration. She certainly helps oversee. The Daily Mail obtained more texts to and from Hunter Biden. In completely unsurprising news, the president's son routinely uses the N-word when talking to his attorney. And now, taking your country back. Critical race theory proponents seem to be on the defensive as former President Barack Obama is getting involved, downplaying and deflecting from the Marxist ideology. You would think, with all the public policy debates that are taking place right now, that you know the Republican Party would uh, be engaged in a 
significant debate about uh, how are we going to deal with the economy and what are we going to do about climate change and what are we going to do about lo and behold the the single most uh, important issue to them apparently right now is critical race theory who knew meanwhile in carmel new york this mother slammed her school board for promoting critical race theory ma'am ma'am excuse me i'm up up here we're we're not allowed to use names if you have something you'd like to discuss about a specific person, you can call the superintendent or leave your info for her to call you tomorrow. Why are we not allowed to discuss names? Why am I not allowed when they purposely themselves expose themselves on social media talking about calling for the death of a former president or saying that any child that doesn't believe in Black Lives Matter should be canceled out? Is this what my tax dollars is paying for? You're teaching my children and other children that if they believe in God Almighty, they're part of a cult. These educators put their own names out there. We have Mr. Barry who took it upon himself with Miss Cyrus to create a curriculum. That should be it. Do you want the proof? I have the proof. You created a curriculum of Black Panther indoctrination. Ma'am. You use taxpayers' dollars. Can I ask you one more time? I, I, I have no issue hearing what you have to say. But why, are, why can we not let the public speak? Why can't we let the public know that you're teaching our children to go out and murder our police officers? That Do you not- want the proof? I have the proof. Is that what scares you, the proof? That a parent actually standing up against all of you? Also in New York at a school board meeting for a district outside Rochester, this happened. Thank you, Mr. Grady. That concludes the special, um, the visitor speaking time. So I'll turn it over to Superintendent's report. Be respectful. You're an elected representative to represent us. This isn't about you, Mark. You're not going to stand up here and do anything to me. That's school board member Bill Yeager telling an upset parent, reminding him who he works for, quote, you're not going to stand up here and do anything to me. The previous discussion involved critical race theory and the district's masking policy. Back in Loudoun County, Virginia, this teacher once again took it to her school board. I'm going to give a message of encouragement to parents and teachers and students who are too afraid to come and speak forward. Parents, the longer that you wait and you don't hold your child's schools accountable gives these guys more time to dictate what's best for your child's physical, mental, and emotional health. Don't be afraid to speak out for your kids because they are voiceless and they, and they rely on you. You should be afraid of them rooting for socialism by the time they get to middle school. Teachers, it may seem that our careers have come to a dead end, but I'm here to remind you, we don't work for the school board. We work to mold the next generation of well-rounded American patriots. So don't give up because it is up to us. Students, you are on the front lines of these indoctrination camps. Challenge the staff when you are presented with a ludicrous statement and do not allow anybody to tell you that you cannot accomplish anything because of your skin color or to hate yourself because of your skin color. Students, it is up to you to be the next generation of victims or victors. And finally, to the board, this isn't over and your policies are just as... Nick Gofford, followed by Ryan... Also in Loudoun County, the school district has been ordered by a judge to reinstate PE teacher Byron Tanner Cross, who was suspended days after telling the school board he wouldn't refer to dudes who feel pretty by their preferred pronouns because of his religious beliefs. 
And finally, Burger King announced recently they're donating all proceeds for their chicken sandwiches to the Human Rights Campaign, a radical leftist organization which seeks to undermine what's left of Western civilization. Babylon Bee headline, LGBTQ community really bummed they have to eat at Burger King now. And that's what happened while we were away. Uh, 2013 called and wants its culture war fights back. Have you guys... I can see why Burger still King had to, it at Chick Fil A. What's that? Are they still ticked at Chick Fil A? Yeah, or something? I, I mean, I can see why Burger King had to do a massive reorganization uh, of their of their corporation. I mean, they they closed, I mean, dozens of stores all over the country here in the last year plus, because they're clearly behind the times. I mean, now they haven't gone to the point of donating to the human rights campaign. I mean, that's basically the Death Star of the Rainbow Jihad. But I mean. Chick-fil-A has been out there doing a ton of this kind of virtue signaling itself the last few years. I mean, this is just, I clearly the people running Chick-fil-A are, or I'm sorry, are Burger King are just dumb. I mean, you're just, you're just bad at this. You've, you've picked, you've picked someone that is largely moving in your direction. Uh, as a matter of fact, Aaron's montage is brought to you by Built Bar. One of our favorite products here on the show. It's almost Built Bar time for me here in about 21 minutes, but who's counting? The best protein bar you have ever had. It's better than several of the candy bars out there that you've had and and much more nutritious, low calorie, low carb, low sugar, fits into any healthy lifestyle that you're looking for with the taste and texture of a candy bar. Absolutely, these are delicious. You can try the variety box with their uh, everyday flavors like cookies and cream, caramel brownie, etc. The specialty flavors like right now it's grasshopper cookie and birthday cake, whichever you're into. Um, I, trust me, if you've not yet tried Built Bar, you're missing out. And if you want to try it again, I would urge you to do so right now. In both cases, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code, D-E-A-C-E, and get 15% off that order when you go to Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com, promo code Dace, to get 15% off. So let's go to the montage, shall we? Aaron, you mentioned a date in your montage. Can you remind me again the, the date that the FDA authorization for hydroxychloroquine in the treatment of COVID-19, because this has been a, an FDA-approved uh, drug since, yeah, what, the 1950s, correct? Yeah, that's a point I, I should okay. have emphasized. It's, it's yeah. been an FDA-approved drug since the 1950s. I mean, you were told that it was, last year we didn't know. So we, we argued that it's not dangerous. We had no idea if it was efficacious, right? But the idea that a drug that's been FDA approved for common usage for several ailments, from lupus to malaria since I believe the 1950s, at least the 60s, the idea that it's dangerous for human consumption was just a lie. We had no idea if it was efficacious, but it clearly was not dangerous in and of itself, right? right. And so they, they, the FDA stopped advising it as early treatment for COVID. What was the date in your montage again? June what? June 15th. June 15th. And this study that's awaiting peer review that came out last night, what was the percentage of mortality decrease in those who were given robust hydroxychloroquine with erythromycin treatments? What was the what was the uh, what was the decrease in lethality? Greater than one hundred percent for those who were on the vent. Hmm. I read one. There's one section of it that says it's two hundred percent. I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. 
Is that a substantial number, 200%? Just a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, particularly when it comes to life and death, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I want to share something with you. This is from Stat News. Headline. Gilead announces long-awaited price for COVID-19 drug, remdesivir. Can I read some of this to you? Would you mind? For all governments in the developed world, including the U.S. government's Indian Health Services and the Department of Veteran Affairs, Gilead will charge $2,340 for a five-day course of remdesivir. Todd, can you remember that number? $2,340. That's their discounted rate. Okay. Okay. U.S. insurers, in addition to Medicare and Medicaid, which would be the vast majority of us, will pay 33% more, $3,120 for a five-day course of remdesivir. Countries in the developing world will get the drug at greatly reduced prices through generic manufacturers to which Gilead has licensed production. Um, Remdesivir's effectiveness, again, this is from Stat News, Remdesivir's effectiveness against COVID-19 was established in a 1,063 patient study. Would you like to know who conducted the study? Can I tell you? Come on, you want to know, don't you? You kind of want to know, don't you? It's going to hurt, isn't it? The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Uh-oh. The acronym is N-I-A-I-D. Who works there? Who works there? Mm. Whose department is that? Jeffrey Epstein's guards work there. Uh, <laughs> well played. The one and only Lord Farquaad's department, Anthony Fauci's bureaucracy, is the NIAID. Continuing on with this report from Stat News, in results released in late April and later published in the New England Journal of Medicine, the drug reduced the median time it took a patient to recover from 15 days to 11 days with a 10-day course of treatment. The mortality rate in the remdesivir group was 7.1% compared to 11.9% among those who received the placebo. But the difference was not statistically significant. It's quite an outcome for $2,500 to $3,100. It is, indeed. Would you like to know the date of this article in Stat News? Would you guys like to know? Aaron, what was the date of uh, when FDA um, cleared away the competition? I'm sorry. Um, um, uh, said not, not to use hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID. What was the date on that? June 15. June 15th, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least they waited till the body was a little cold. Would you like to know when this stat news article was dated? June 29th. Hmm. June 29th. Right after the FDA cleared the market. And then right before most fiscal years were about to begin on June the 30th. Huh. By the way... The difference in lethality between the placebo group or mortality between the, the placebo group and those who received remdesivir in this study commissioned by Fauci's department 
according to Stat News, was 7.1% to 11.9%. That is a, a slightly more than 40% decrease. Slightly more. Something like 40.36% or something. Um, what was the decrease in lethality again on, it was 200%? Mm-hmm. 200% on hydroxychloroquine with erythromycin, right? Yeah. Yeah. What number's bigger? Is, is 200, it, it, is 200 kind of bigger than 40? Yeah, it's marginally it's five times bigger a number. In fact, five times bigger. Also, this drug would not actually hit the market until October. So almost the end of the year. Remember the other day when we played the video from Peter McCullough and he said that doctors were not given. Oh, but, but I have just begun to preach. Listen up. Some ordinance about to get laid down in here. We all thought it was rather curious the other day when we played the Peter McCullough video, right? Yes. And he talked about, I mean, and we all had this reaction, like our mouths were agape, I guffawed live on air when he mentioned that doctors, of which he is one, of course, and a fairly decorated one, in fact, um, uh, of doctors were not given treatment guidelines that doesn't mean, by the way, that they can't treat. But see, what the treatment guidelines do, one, is you hope it's like a creed for medicine. It's a trustworthy saying, right? You, you, you're looking for guidance. Yes. And you presume the people at a national level know something that maybe if you're working out of a, out of a doctor's office in Schenectady, they might know more with more resources, right. right? The other thing that it does is cover your ass from a liability standpoint. Don't forget that. All right, you go off there and treat people and the guidelines say not to do something and it doesn't work. We, dude, you ain't got a li- there ain't a liability premium big enough that's going to cover your rear end in those circumstances, right? Sure. So, so a lot of your doctors will hide. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait for the guidelines to cover their, all right, in case something goes wrong. And so he said it was October. And we were just like blown away. That it wasn't until October that there were guidelines provided to doctors for how to treat COVID beyond isolate and if it gets serious, go to the ER and we have to put you on a ventilator, right? Yes. Huh. What hit the market in October? Remdesivir did. With its claim in its own study, commissioned by Anthony Fauci's department, that it reduced mortality 40% compared to the placebo group. And here's a study that shows hydroxychloroquine, which already occupied that space, was reducing mortality when combined with erythromycin to 200%, correct? Correct. Correct. What was the price that the average American, because the average American is either going to acquire this through their health insurance or Medicare or Medicaid, Right. I mean, that's probably going to be 80% or more of Americans. That's how they would have accessed this drug, remdesivir, to get five times worse results than hydroxychloroquine, right? Yeah. Okay, what was the price again? $3,120, Todd, correct? Depend- $2,500 to $3,100. It was $3,100 yeah. for Medicare, Medicaid, yeah. and, and for your insurer. The cheaper rate is if you belong to the proper victim group. 
okay, or were in the military. But for those of us that aren't in those groups, and the vast majority of Americans aren't, you will get it at $3,120. That's how much your insurance will be billed or your Medicare Medicaid will be billed. So you, the taxpayer. Yeah. I went to goodrx.com where you can order prescription drugs, right? I typed in hydroxychloroquine. This is a 60 tablet bottle of hydroxychloroquine at GoodRx. Right now, right this minute, right this minute, all right? Would you like to know the prices I can order this from GoodRx with a prescription for? How would you like to know? You wanna know, don't you want to know, Todd? I do know, I've already seen this. Okay, here it is. Our local Hy-Vee, our big grocery store here in Iowa, $21.41 yeah. with a coupon that's free. Costco, a national chain, $18.50 with a free coupon. This is for 60 pills, 60. Walmart, $30.82 with a free discount. Kroger, another big grocery store chain, $14.44 with a free coupon. Thrifty White Pharmacy, which apparently will go out of business soon for being racist, $27 with a free coupon. Target, Target, of course, uh, they're going to add it. They're going to make it a little bit more of a premium, but it's still just $57.70 for 60 pills, less than a dollar a pill. And that's the most expensive price I've cited you so far with a discount. Same price, $57.70 for 60 pills at CVS. Walgreens has the most expensive price at $72.86. Maybe since they're still making you wear a mask there, they figured they've denied enough oxygen to your brain. You would be stupid enough to pay. Pay 30 to 40% more for this drug than every place else at GoodRx, so they're gonna try it. And yet it is still just $72.86. That's the most expensive quote that is offered to me right this very minute at goodrx.com. Barely a dollar, barely more than a dollar a pill for a bottle of 60 doses well depending on how much how many pills you have to take they're 200 milligrams a piece 60 pills 200 milligrams for a drug that's been on the market for more than a half century fda approved for human usage which a study awaiting peer review that came out last night shows a 200% decrease when combined with erythromycin, a 200% decrease in mortality. But you were denied access to this. So the Fauci's buddies at Gilead, where he commissioned the study, could sell you a five-day dose for $3,120 instead. And oh, by the way, you'll wait till October for it. In the meantime, we've got ventilators. I so want my last name to be Crowder and not Dace right now because I've got a few choice words right on the tip of my tongue right now in response to this. This is so freaking evil and criminal. It's one of the worst things I've seen in my career. It's despicable. It's nefarious.
Gentlemen, your thoughts. And they wonder why I'm anti-vax. Again, I'd, I'd like to talk about the science and healing and health. I'm the one who actually wants to. These people don't. The guy who's been the health demigod for a year and a half now in this country, increasingly at every turn, has never been about health. Dr. Anthony Fauci has been about power, glory, money, a lot of things. But does any of you really believe any longer that this guy truly had the best interests of this nation, the ill, any of them, at heart? Aaron, I want to read something to you. Hydroxychloroquine and erythromycin taken together have a real chance to be one of the biggest game changers in the history of medicine. That's dated March 21st, 2020. Do you guys know who said that? President Donald Trump tweeted that at 10.13 a.m. on March 21st, March 21st, 2020. Three months before remdesivir was given the all clear, the markets open and go ahead and absolutely exploit it, Aaron. Exploit it to the tune of $3,120 per dosage for five days. While it also won't even be available to, until October and we clear the deck of a, of a, of a, of a, a drug with a 200% efficacy when it comes to mortality and costs pennies on the dollar instead. Hell, Aaron, hell isn't, isn't mean enough. Isn't mean enough, Aaron. What more can you, what more can you say about this? An insurrection definitely happened in this country, but it wasn't on January 6th. The default posture of the D.C. elite, Fauci among them, the bureaucracy, the bureaucratic leviathan, the default posture, it's very important to understand this, is not altruism. It's not altruism. And I'm speaking on basically an individual level. None of these people, I, I don't believe that any of these people got together. I don't believe any of these people, Fauci, execs at Gilead, got together and say, hmm, in no uncertain terms or even veiled terms, how can we make the most money off of this crisis? No, I don't think that happened. I think their default posture is me, me, me. What benefits me? What makes me look good? Oh, I have a long-standing relationship with this guy at Gilead. Yeah, sure, I'll commission a study for him. Oh, man, you know, hydroxychloroquine might work, but, you know, this other drug over here, it's got some good, uh, we'll go with the more expensive one. It's, it's heinous. It's evil. 
I still go and hearken back. You remember that we had a large-scale trial ready to go, courtesy of NIH studying the impacts of hydroxychloroquine. A fake paper gets published in The Lancet back in late May of 2020, saying that hydroxychloroquine is dangerous, using data that we didn't even have, wasn't possible to even have yet. From months before the pandemic, if you want to call it that, was even kicked into full gear here in the West. A totally fake fabricated paper by some company nobody had ever heard of named Surgisphere. It's dangerous. Everybody got everybody got skittish. The NIH canceled that study. You slapped an emergency use authorization on something that had been around for 60 years. That already tells people, oh, it's an emergency use. You should be a little bit careful about it, but you can't use it. And then once that got taken off of there, oh, I guess that's just confirmation bias. We would let people die, killed people because of this. Don't ask, ever ask me, don't ever ask me again why a loving God would allow and permit a hell. You know, free email services like Gmail and Yahoo really aren't free. Uh, You pay for them with your privacy. And since these companies have access to every email you send and receive, therefore, so does big tech. And then they sell your data uh, well, maybe even knowing your business, uh, off to the highest bidder. That's why you want to use Startmail to secure your email and for your email to be safe again. Uh, it keeps your email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even the re- even if the recipient himself or themselves uh, don't use encryption, which means big tech can't read, scan, analyze, or sell your personal information if you use Startmail ever. Not even Big Brother can scoop, can snoop around your email because Startmail also prevents government agencies from spying on you, just like in Dragnet operations. So with Startmail, also know that deleted actually means deleted. When you delete an email, it is gone forever. Oh, and by the way, Startmail uses its own receivers or or servers, not Amazon's or anybody else's. So what happened to somebody like, say, Parler cannot be done to them. It's the most, uh, it's backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. And if you want to protect your identity with Startmail, uh, and you don't want to trust big tech anymore, with your business. Start securing it today. Get 50% off your first year. That's 50% off your first year if you go to Startmail. That's start with a T. Startmail.com slash Steve. Again, Startmail.com slash Steve. 50% off your first year today at Startmail.com slash Steve. About what we were just discussing. I'm getting emails during this break from people claiming to be healthcare professionals telling me things like um, the IV drip was a mandatory five days. And so even if the even if the, the patient was feeling it was working and feeling demonstrably better, they had to stay there being administered the IV drip the entire five days, which would lead to overcrowding and things of that nature during surges. Other people telling me that uh, in, in many cases, it, it takes 10 days for the drug to actually work. So you can take the, uh, the five-day do- dosage uh, price that was in that Stat News article of 3120 and just double it. I- I'm People died. 
somewhere in this audience, someone didn't sell a birth, celebrate a birthday with a loved one this year because of this. Somebody never got to say goodbye to a loved one because of this. Someone needs to pay for this. Harshly. Let's let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Brought to you by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. What have I told you that um, you can get out of the sick care system to some extent by taking charge of your health preventatively? That's where products like Field of Greens can help. Uh, it's one of the superfoods out there with real. It's the only superfood out there with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables packed with antioxidants that support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion. It's both pre and probiotic. Uh, and it's great for everyone in the whole family. I use this product each day. Uh, first thing in the morning, you stir it in one scoop with any water-based drink, mix it together, and right away, you're getting more of a, of, a, of a diet of densely populated fruits and vegetables than the average American gets in a day, if not longer. It tastes great, too. Uh, and they've got cool new flavors like wild berry and lemon lime. That's the one I'm drinking right now. If you want to give it a shot, go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order. A 15% discount with my first name. Steve is the promo code when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. By now, you know the rules of buy, sell, or hold. Aaron, with some help from you in the audience, maybe even... A lot of help. Uh, we'll throw you and I's way, Todd, uh, and who knows what topic it will be. Could be a list. It could be a prediction. Could be a statement. What have you? You and I will decide if you are, if we're going to buy that. If we're going to sell it. Probably have at least a reason why. Once per episode, you are uh, permitted to put a hold on the um, on the proposition. But if it's for any reason other than because it is so lame. You will be forced to give all of your current personal wealth to our friends over at Gilead because clearly they're starving over there. Aaron. We'll begin with Mini Bomber who says Hillary Clinton would have been a less woke and less chaotic president than the Biden administration. Bye. May, I, I, she might have even been worse on a couple of fronts I could foresee, but like on stuff like on foreign policy, for example, um, I, I think that I could actually make a case that she, she might even have been aggressively anti-Islamist because of um, some of their antiquated views in her mind on topics that, that are near and dear to her heart, like feminism and abortion and things of that nature. Okay, so I I absolutely buy that. If if you know anything about the Clintons, ultimately, she has more ideological convictions than Bill does, but they really only have one prime directive themselves. Themselves. Um, here we're dealing with a guy that will be fortunate to finish a first year in office from a health perspective, let alone a first term. He understands, I think, who knows what he understands on a daily basis, that he is nothing but a complete and total tool and proxy for the forces behind him or really governing and calling the shots. Uh, to some extent, Hillary Clinton was going to want 
um, recognition for being in charge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I didn't put up with Bill all those years and everything else I had to go through and all the scandals and the embarrassments to come in here and have a, a couple of $40,000 a year bureaucrats out lefting me and, and out of a government. That's not happening with her. That, by the way, don't take this to mean it would have been good or the days of wines and roses. That, but that wasn't the proposition, was no. it? The proposition was it would be less woke than what we're seeing now. And I agree with it. Yeah, I'll buy that. Uh, I'll sell it only because it not, it's not respective to Hillary. The points about Hillary are germane that Steve mentioned, but the spirit of it age takes who it wants. And also, I look at the fruits of uh, her her own child and how woke uh, Chelsea has become. I think that's all I need to know that it would it would it's not a Hillary thing. It's just. It's the spirit of the age. Up next, we'll go to Bradley Schick, who says, when asked if you're vaccinated, the appropriate response is, no, but I haven't been to Europe either. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, yes. Thank you. Bradley Schick, well done. That Thank is, you, should maybe save that for the end, man. We got 45 more minutes of these. I don't understand right. the question here. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, that That is... That's a buy, brother. That's that's cash money, mm-hmm. homie, right there. Yes. Yeah, Next up, we'll go to Kyler Reekin, who says, with Loki now here, the new Marvel series will have more surprises from plot sequencing, <clears throat> reappearances of past characters, and tie up more in Phase 4 and 5 than WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier combined while, doing, while being a better show than both. All right, so... You guys know my pet peeve with this. I love this segment. I look forward to it every week. It's one of the most popular segments we have, okay? The only reason I took this one is because it's Marvel. Yes. I've, I've been filtering out all the long but, ones. But when you guys too much throw going in, on? Th- th- there's, there's too many compound sentences there, all right? When, because you're trying to hit an exacta box, man, and a trifecta, you know? Uh, you're, you're, you're trying to hit like a four-team parlay, and nowhere in... Nowhere amongst your teams are Alabama and Clemson. They're all outlier predictions. You're taking all underdogs. That's the point of this segment, right? Is to is to call a shot, basically. Okay. Um, so can we put that back up there for a second? This yeah, is let's like, just take th- them one by this one. This seems like three different ones. The new Marvel okay. series, Loki, will have more surprises from a plot sequencing uh, perspective than WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I will buy that. I didn't really think Falcon and the Winter Soldier had any plot huge plot surprises i liked the series but i think we all knew that eventually this was all the 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 culmination was for sam to assume the mantle that cap originally tried to give him right yeah i think if there was a major plot development at the end of wandavision but i think it actually disappointed people that ultimately while the series was exceedingly creative and well done overall, but the ultimate meta narrative of the program was not to set up anything really other than just close the loop on her as a character and what she did with her own grief and how it drove her insane. Right. Yeah. But that there, but like all the various theories that were out there about what is this pointing to or anything? It wasn't, it didn't point to anything. She just lost her damn mind because she was denied the dream of being a wife and a mom with the man that she loved. Right. So, on that front, I'll buy because the first series, both series were well done, but the first series plot twist was disappointing and the second series didn't really have a plot twist. So I'll buy that. It's interesting. And I, I, I will sell for the same reason. It doesn't, it, it, you're saying, you're basically saying since we didn't see it, yeah, I'm betting I, on the con that it's got to be coming sooner or later. I'm because just, you're also dealing with alternate timelines. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? 
that we're, we're they're they're actually introducing mm -hmm. an entirely new wing now of the Marvel universe through the Time Variance Authority mm -hmm. that 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 has not been seen in in any previous movie or television show. So the whole therefore in and of itself it's a it's a plot. I'll just sell because they haven't done it really now. Okay. So why are they going to do it with this one? Okay. It'll tie into more uh, for or tie more loose ends up from Phase Four and Five than WandaVision and Falcon. Well, we Phase Four is just underway. Phase Four Five hasn't started. We, do we even know what the? I think what, it must, must mean the phases three and four. Or okay, or or maybe hint at those things. Does he, if it, how many, so? How many loose right, threads do on. we feel there let's, are? Let's just move on. Okay. John Indicott says we will see soon see articles that will list the benefits from having gone through this pandemic: reduced population, less burden on healthcare and government funds, taking care of the sick and vulnerable, especially the elderly. Malthusian ethic, good a Malthusian ethic, bro. Yeah, bye. So bye. Yeah. Up next, we've got James Swick, who says Steve will make his on-screen uh, cameo debut in the nefarious plot <laughs> film. Thus, becoming the Stan Lee of the nefarious plot universe. I I'm I don't know anything to base my answer. I swear, he Steve hasn't told me anything about this, but I will buy. This should happen. I I kind of feel like. I mean, they would let me do this if I wanted to, but I have not suggested it. It's not that I'm ruling it out, but. I kind of feel like this one's been done. You know what I'm saying? That that's, you know, I, it's what Captain America, it's what Cap says to, 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 to Iron Man in the first Avengers. You're not the one to make the sacrifice play. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like I'm not the one to make the stereotypical play of putting myself in, the, in this movie. And, if it, and, and, and then, of course, the, the, movie, the movie does set you up for a sequel because there's ensuing... There's an ensuing book, and who knows, maybe one day another one. But um, I kind of feel like doing the Stan Lee thing is what's is is kind of it's not already just been done, Stan and I don't I don't want to you know do something that somebody else has kind of already M. done. M. Night and, and was always going to do it better than I've ever done. M Night Shyamalan right. has done it. I mean, yeah. you don't know. So yeah. That doesn't mean it's been done. It means it's cool. It kind of feels cliched now. No. You know, like no. I when I when I the book is an is an homage to a screw tape letters, but I didn't want to I didn't just like do my own version of that. I wanted to I wanted to then with the update and the knowledge of what's gone on in the world since Clyde Staples Lewis passed away. Let's 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 give him an homage, but I'm not doing a cover song. You no, know what I'm no, saying? That's not I'm coming enough. off the top rope. How do you how do you come off the top rope on Stan Lee cameos? I mean he he's the he is he's he is Jimmy Superfly Snuka where no, that is concerned. Not, it's just an ode. Okay, all right. I'm uh, gonna I'm I'm I need to hold on the grounds that any answer I give could later incriminate me. But I but since it was brought up, this is an internal debate I'm having actually about this whether I should do it or not. You should do it. Up next, we've got Adam who says, I have a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and twin three-year-olds. While exhausting, Aaron should not buy that the newborn stage is the most tiring part of parenthood. Buy. Don't buy any the most tiring part of parenthood. I mean, it, that, it's, yeah, it's parenting is hard. It's it, challenging. 
but the great woe and lamentation of the modern day parent about how hard it's easier than ever before in so many respects. All right. I mean, in terms of food, shelter, clothing, want, certainly in this country, you, but you have more victimology coming out of, you know, suburban cul-de-sac parents about, oh, that was such a hard face. Shut up. It's not hard at all. Look around you. Look at history. Look at the rest of the world. That's well said. I, 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 and I'm the, I know you're not doing this, but let's not also make it sound like this is just a walk in the park and simple. I just said it's not. Yeah. There's challenges. Absolutely. I, I think some of the challenge comes from the first time that your own conscientiousness and paranoia of I'm going to mess it up. And so every time the child makes a move at night, you're up. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I think that becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy with your first go around is for pretty much every one of us, I would imagine, except anybody that has been in like an ex, an extreme situation where they previously were in charge of, uh, of, you know, soldiers in a unit whose lives they were responsible for before they became a parent, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of something like that. For the majority of us, this is the greatest responsibility we have ever undertaken in our life up until this very point in time. Fair? Yeah. And so I do think once that instinct kicks in about what's really at stake, we have a tendency to maybe go so far overboard in out of caution and concern that it that that adds to the level of exhaustion. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, a basic premise. Sure. Yeah. But you can, when they get older, they can exhaust you in a different way. I mean, now they can have their own ideas and thoughts, question yours, have their own opinions. Mm-hmm. That can be exhausting, right? And you're like, it was just a lot easier when I just had to change your diaper, okay? So I, I'm going to sell the whole, am I being asked to sell what? That it's not exhausting or buy? Sell that the newborn stage, buy, sell, or hold, the newborn stage is the most tiring part of parenthood. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell that because I don't, with all due respect, I don't like the premise of it. I'm just going to tell you right now, the coolest thing, this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. There is no close second. It hasn't always been enjoyable. It hasn't always been easy. Right now, I've got two teenagers living in my home, okay? All right? And the third one just moved out and likes me again and now no longer lives with me, which sucks. Now that she likes me again, I kind of want her around more often. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right? So, but I'll tell you this, though. I mean... I'll never do anything better or greater in my life. And, and nothing even close to that. Enjoy every last minute of it, man. Even the struggles and the trials that go along with it. That would be my advice. We'll come back. More buy, sell, or hold is next. And we're back. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Hour two of the Steve Dace Show alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. I'm Steve Dace. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, also look for me, Steve Dace, on MeWe, Parlor and Gab. And then look for clips of the program for free that you can watch later in the day at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And finally, we're looking for you. If you're a podcast listener, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't done that yet too. Uh, and because those certainly help uh, to boost the program and we thank all of you that have done those two things for us already. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz will be joining us. 
Um, we're going to get his thoughts on the chain of events on hydroxychloroquine that we laid out uh, earlier in the program. And he's got a bombshell new piece today uh, about how they're doing the same scam in this in year two of COVID with ivermectin that was done in year one with hydroxychloroquine. So we'll get into that at the bottom of the hour. Part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold, though, is brought to you by a brand new partner to the show called Moink. If you could see and taste this bacon from Moinkbox, which I am looking forward to, moinkbox.com. You would order it uh, right now, because um, I've been to the website, I've, I've seen how it looks. If it tastes anywhere as good as it looks, dude. I've not gotten my box yet, but I am very excited to try this. They deliver grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and it's delivered directly to your door, helping family farms, not, you know, uh, big corporations that are probably donating to causes that hate you, but helping family farms become financially independent outside of big ag. Um, and hey, we live in an ag state. We live in the ag state. And it's done a lot of great things, but I will tell you, when I was heavily involved in Iowa politically on a local level, a lot of times the swampy establishment candidates we had to get rid of were backed by big ag. Okay. So um, if, if you want to get all around that and get outstanding meat delivered directly to your door from people that are just entrepreneurs, family friends, family farmers, um, you know, just uh, trying to build a legacy like all of you are right now, all right? Check out Moink, founded by an eighth generation farmer, featured on Shark Tank, okay? You can join the Moink movement today. Go to Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Right now, listeners to our show are you ready for this? Free bacon for a year. If you try it out. Come again? The get the look on Todd's face. Yeah, dude. The otherwise known as the appetizer at the marriage supper of the lamb. Yeah. Bacon. Okay. Uh free bacon for a year for a limited time right now. If you try them out at Moinkbox M-O-I-N-K. Um, dude, if if free bacon. Right? I mean, that, is that maybe the greatest incentive we've ever offered in the history of this program? Free bacon. Uh, why are you even asking the question? <laughs> All right. slash Steve. Free bacon if you try it out. Moinkbox, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. Aaron. All right, uh, this next one. Um, the people that aren't supportive of the life cause, they're not the people you want to be in a foxhole with on any other political battle. They are the wo first ones who will sell out to the D.C. establishment when the going gets tough. Buy, sell, or hold. That's an absolute buy. It's it's a familiar refrain I've posited numerous times over the years. Um, uh, David Barton at Wall Builders used to give a, pl a, pl a presentation. I don't know if he still does, but uh, about eight or 10 years ago, he'd give a presentation that I set through a couple of times where he would draw a direct line in how someone voted on the life issue and how that was a, that was not a litmus test. It was beyond that. It was a window to the soul that that the weaker they were on the life issue, the weaker they were on every other issue that we cared about as well. So I'm all in. I, I would absolutely buy that. Yes. Buy it's science, and that's that's my experience as an activist. The folks who helped train me in activism, originally, 
on a grassroots level were the right to work gun owners of America, folks. And one of the first things they taught us when they came to our state about uh, 12 years ago is when, whenever they go, and they, and they came here because for the first time since um, Reconstruction, Democrats had in, in the 2006 elections had just won total control of state government, and that had not happened in Iowa in many a moon. And so they right away threatened our right to work status. And so right to work mobilized to come to Iowa and save the state. Because obviously, if the the first in the nation caucus state loses right to work, that becomes a national domino talking point, right? So they mobilized their operation to come here. And a bunch of us got trained and guided by them. And a lot of the lessons I learned helped to formulate my own basis for activism that I've done for my show to this very day. One of the things they told us when they came to a state to organize it and they wanted to know where a state state stood on right to work, they would commission an initial poll. Except get this, the poll was not about right to work. They polled people's positions on the Second Amendment and the life issue. Why? Because those two issues told you where the overall population was on anything involving freedom, liberty, et cetera. And then the people that responded the most aggressively on those two issues have always proven to be the people that respond the most aggressively on every other issue. So there you go. Yeah, that uh, buy, sell, hold submission comes from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a uh, just published interview with The Daily Caller. Up next, we'll go to Daryl Vestal, who says the NIH whistleblower that proves Dr. Fauci's criminal culpability in the COVID-19 pandemic didn't kill himself. Dude. Yep. Dude. Bye. Bye. Next, we'll go to Aaron E., MSNBC, and CNN will subtly do everything they can to encourage Trump to run again just for the chance of boosted ratings. All right, I'm very glad. I did not know this was going to come up, but I am very glad... This is providential that you included this because I have almost tweeted something like what I'm about to say like five times in the last few weeks, okay? Because I keep seeing things in my feed from a lot of our our peers and our business about how these networks are dying without Trump. I mean, what, what has happened? To, well, I wouldn't call Glenn Greenwald one of our peers. He just isn't uh, a lemming, okay? He kind of thinks for himself. He's being, I think you're watching Glenn Greenwald get Rubenized right mm-hmm. in front of our very eyes is what I think is going down. But he has been pointing out more in depth than anybody I have seen what has happened to CNN's ratings since January 6th, since the inauguration. And, and it was clear now that Trump was gone and we've moved on. And I mean, they, they are, it, dude, Zach Galifianakis on doing local access between two ferns is drawing more viewers than these CNN primetime shows, man. Okay. And. And so a lot of people are pointing out how desperate, how badly these networks need Trump back. And it's a lot of our own people, right? I, um, question. Can I ask a question? Okay. Isn't that an argument to not bring Trump back? I mean, I, I mean, we want to resurrect CNN's ratings. We want, we want to make Don Lemon a thing again. I mean, Anderson Cooper's stuck at a 180. We want to let him go the full 360? We want Rachel Maddow toppling Tucker Carlson in the ratings again? We want that? I don't know. 
Am, am I wrong to ask this question? No, you're not wrong. Because, I mean, that would seem to be an argument about not going back to that well. Why why resurrect all these people and make them relevant I'm again? Fine, not going back it, to it, that it, well. Especially when I can get that agenda from other people yes. that have not proven to f- provide so much grist for their mill on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, they will try. I mean, they're trying to do this to Ron DeSantis now. The problem is his persona just is not as polarizing as it needs to be. And and some of it is he's not a national figure yet, although that's radically changing before our eyes. But he also just doesn't have a similar persona on any issue, really, on, on the way he communicates on anything. I, I heard uh, a clip the other day of Trump being asked by Dick Morris, who apparently is still around, um, uh, about um, his view on the vaccines. And his, his answer immediately was, I get all the credit. It was all me. I even bought it. He made it all about himself. Like, it all just became an internal, you know, uh, dialogue. You just don't see DeSantis do stuff like that. That's the stuff that irritates a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we get good policies out of it, I don't give a turd how many of you are irritated by it, right? Right. I mean, I'm irritated by it, but in the end, I'm also not 12, Okay, so the option of, let me see, do I want a secure border? Um, Do I want less inflation, higher wages, or do I want um, narcissistic tweets to stop? Let me me think about that for, I don't know, not not any determinate length of time. I'm not a child. I can just turn off the Twitter. I can just turn off the media. I can mute his account. You know, I can I can do that, right? Yes. Can I make wage, my wages go up? No. Can I make inflation go down? No. Can I secure the border? No. So if I have a choice, a guy that will do those things for me, or while irritating me, or someone who will make those things all worse and then irritate me thusly, which option do you think is the clearly superior one and not even a lesser of two evils? Because I live in that place too, it's the former. Yes. But what if I had a third option, which is I'm going to get somebody that's going to do all those mm-hmm. things without providing so many obvious memes for them to, mm-hmm. to politically masturbate to? Wouldn't I take that option? I plan on it. Yeah. And so my, my thought is, why would I want, therefore, it, hey, if, if, if there was no one else that we could sit here today and say, boy, there's really nobody on the horizon or anybody with any kind of record that has shown they're good on these kind of populist conservative issues we care about, we could not get any action on for years, right? Yeah. I could see why we'd be like, I guess we'll just kind of, you know, it's like when they got to set your leg without anesthesia. They give you something to bite down on, but you, you know it's going to hurt, but you know you need it, right? So we'll just put up with the mean tweets and the drama because in the end, the agenda matters more to a show like ours, right? Sure. Right. But do I, do I have that option? Are there, are there alternatives out there that have a demonstrated record of mobilizing on several of these issues mm. without the collateral damage? Well, do they exist? Help. Yes. Yeah, they do exist. So then therefore, if I can go down that road, why would I want to re-incentivize, re-energize CNN? What, what, why would I want to do that? Don't I want to crush them? Aren't CNN's ratings exactly where we all want them to be at this point? Right? Yes. So then why do I want them to be resurrected? Why would I resurrect them? Do you know? Well, it's the GOP. Okay. I mean, I've, I've almost tweeted something along these lines yeah. about a half dozen times in the last week or two. It's just every time I was about to, some other lie came up that I that had to be exposed, mm-hmm. and it just has slipped my mind. So I'm glad that this came up in buy, seller, hold, so I could address it here. Thank you. I am selling it. I'm only taking it word for word, all literally. And the problem is it, it won't be subtle. They, <laughs> they will tell you, you're damn right I ordered the code red. We want Trump. That's what they'll say. Next up, Tiny Johnny says, for the left, if you can't kill the children, then indoctrinate the children. 
And if you can't indoctrinate the children, then convince those children to act like children when they become adults. Dude, that's just... That's prophesying, Ah, bro. Death of the West right there. That is... I don't even... I feel like buying that somehow diminishes it. Okay? I will buy it. You just salute it silently? Yes. I mean, I'm just like... That's prophesying, brother. That's what that is. Prophesy. Yes. Up next, we'll go to Chris Goebel, who says... There will be no consequences for anyone for COVID lockdowns, masks, etc. No one will be fired, seriously investigated, sanctioned, or anything else. Bye. I'm going to sell. A definitive sell. Yes. I, because I do think... Here's why I'm going to sell them. And, and, and I want to make sure you guys... I have, I have no trust in justice along these lines east of Eden. Okay. These are moments that I'm comforted that there's a hell. I'm comforted we serve a God who demands justice. And if and and if you will not uh, accept the penalty for that and atone for it uh, and the atonement for it in this life, then you will suffer eternally for that. I'm comforted by that. That gives me that that sway that assuages my conscience that there's an order to the universe, right? What helps us to be long suffering? Indeed, yes. indeed. That this isn't all just pointless and random. Right. But. While I have no trust in a in a in justice in our current cultural setting as an altruistic force, I do still trust partisan politics. And if Republicans get control of even one chamber next year. So many of them are, dude, Kevin McCarthy, guys. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, 10 minutes ago, would have quadruple masked his anus if Anthony Fauci told him to, okay? Kevin McCarthy, of all people, is now calling for Fauci to be gone. They're going to need content after winning because they're going to be in the mind. they'll, they'll They'll have both. They'll have a chamber or maybe both, but... You know, Biden can still veto anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so they're going to need something to offer us affirmatively rather than, well, we did all the stuff we told you're going to do. And then they just vetoed it all. So I guess we just stick here, stand here with our thumbs up our keisters for the next 16 months. And that's why we need to win the presidency in 2024. You know what I'm saying? They're going to go that route eventually. But in the summer of 2020, in the, uh, the summer of 2023, it'll be too early for that. They're going to need something, something, some programming to offer the Foxes and the Newsmaxes and the Blaze TVs of the world. Something, something to feed to their base. And that something is going to be some form of an in-depth tribunal investigation into all of this. And somebody will be held accountable. It might be posthumously. What was that chick who was the first that got busted for the leak whose name I can never remember, but I love Rebel something? Oh, Reality Winter. Reality was it Rebel winner. Yell? Reality Winner, yes. Okay. Rebel Yell. <laughs> May as well have been. Okay. Yeah. They'll find a Reality Winner. They'll find a Rebecca Jones. Because remember, guys, it used to be that the media mined the political system for content, right? Now, the political system understands it needs to provide the content for the media. It has to. And 
Sean Hannity's ratings ain't going up in 2023, doing the same show over and over again. Well, guys, everything got vetoed again today. So I guess we look forward to the 2024 election. And no, they need, everything's about talking points, guys. They need talking points. That's what primes the pump, man. That's what fuels the machine. And to provide those talking points, they're going to need their version, although there's a lot of data instead to start with more, but they need a Russia collusion. They need a Ukrainian. They need something. And, and do the amount of prima facie evidence that's already out there on this, the amount of people that have already gone on the record within the Republican intelligentsia uh, condemning Fauci or demanding he's gone, this is an easy play. An easy play. And it, it's a card that they will play. So I will buy with confidence. You may not find their you so may not find their findings sufficient. It may not be you may not have as many nooses there on the gulag on, on on the um um oh not gulags but you may not see as many nooses there on the stockades like at Nur at, as many at Nuremberg as you would like the gallows the that gallows one? that's what I was looking for yes but you're gonna get something because they know that they're all on the record and and it's a lot easier to go after this than it is to rein in big tech than it is to get the Biden administration to not veto anything you would pass. And so this will be your summer viewing content in 2023 if Republicans win even one chamber. I already sold. So you're, you're buying. Selling would be, con there will be no consequences. Steve even, is selling, so you're buying. Well, even, oh, I'm buying. Okay, yeah, then I'm buying because everything Steve said, it sounds like no consequences to me, so... Uh, up next, Fedigator says, John Williams will ultimately be considered one of the top five greatest composers of all time alongside Mozart, Bach, and Beethoven. So. Why? Because he's, he, I don't even, he, I mean, there's so many more, I mean, you're, you're into classical, Aaron, but I can't, Rachmaninoff, all kinds of composers mm -hmm. throughout history that are part of a very, very, very large discussion, and it doesn't diminish John Williams in what kind any of greatest American composer ever. In any way, is that okay? I don't know enough I, I, about that to say. I, How about the fact no. he's the only American oh. composer I know? Yeah, see, that's the problem with <laughs> okay. us. But so that's I just, what I'm gonna. So, so I agree I'm betting you. on the field. That's what I'm saying. I, I think we haven't even gotten to like you know Tchaikovsky, Handel. Right. You know, yes, so I'm with you on the sell, but I think I could buy greatest American composer ever. I would sell that Aaron Copeland, which John Williams has borrowed stuff from. But okay. Aaron Copeland is, is now that is a name I've heard. Yeah, yeah, okay, I've heard that name. Um, next we'll go to Zachary Miller. Greg Abbott wins re-election in twenty twenty two. Bye bye. I mean, Trump will guarantee it. This is kind of what he does, and and I know some of you get frustrated on both ends of this. Because you want me to either just flat out overtly condemn him forever, or I have to ignore everything I disagree with in my own face. It, it, I'm just never that show, by the way. Okay? I'm just... It, here's how I operate. I'm going to tell you what I think. And when I know going in, I have a bias. I have a tendency to stay away from the subject matter, like I have for the most part the last few years of Ted, whatever Ted Cruz has done. On very limited occasion have we discussed it. Because I have a bias going in. So I, I don't trust my own analytic ability when that's concerned. The reality is Trump's only going to take out rhinos that 
voted for impeachment or offended him on a personal level, because that's really all Trump cares about more than anything is the personal beef. That is a great frustration, correct? Yes. But here's the good news of that. On the other hand, pretty much all those people are also people we'd still want to take out for other reasons anyway, right? Yeah. And and we're going to, and even though we'll protect people like Greg Abbott when we could have gotten rid of them, right? We, we, would we still get rid of more people doing it the Trump narcissistic way than we were than we had done like the last 20 years for a Yeah. So this is the great frustration. We're always in this in this middle zone. Yes. Okay. Right. And so that's the reality of life with Trump as your figurehead. That's the world you live in. You're gonna get more. The good news is he's transactional. The bad news is he's transactional. So you're going to get more out of him than you got out of pretty much anything the Republican Party offered you for the last few decades. But it, it, you still don't feel as if it, it was, it's sufficient or it could have been more at the exact same time, given his potential. He's yeah. like an old vending machine. Sometimes it works great. Sometimes you really got to slam it. And sometimes it's just kind of, kind of hopeless. And as we've learned, you can <laughs> mess with Texas. Had Texas been Florida... We would be having a totally different analysis. And somebody told Greg Abbott just to, somebody in his office said, dude, just do what Ron DeSantis does three weeks later after he makes sure Mm -hmm. he takes all the heat and the coast is clear. Just do the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what Greg Abbott's done for the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. So Next up, Space Monkey says the winner of the 2020 Iowa Democrat presidential caucus will be announced the day Steve Dace takes the stage for the CPAC keynote address. This is one of the most clever ones we've maybe ever had. Because this, this, this is like a convergence of show tropes. That's very well done, brother. I have to buy that. That's sure. very clever. Agree. Yeah. Next up, we will go to Artolo Scribe. Top three third basemen of all time in order. Number one, Mike Schmidt. I'm okay with him being number one. If no other reason, beyond the 500 homers and everything else, those beautiful baby blue and burgundy Philly jerseys from back in the day they should have never gotten rid of and they should wear home and away because they were just yes they were they I mean they they were purdy they need to bring those back yeah uh, I'll take it it seems like of the three we've seen on this list there's got to be somebody we're missing but uh on the list yeah he's he's number one above the other two number two Brooks Robinson Brooks Robinson is that beautiful human highlight reel i don't remember i've ever seen a highlight of him hitting but like just a gymnast of a glove man and that's a beautiful thing uh web gems there's a reason that's a highlight so uh yeah he's got a pride of place there too i'm okay with him on the list yeah i'm okay with it and number three chipper jones well you're talking arguably the greatest switch hitter of all time he's certainly in that conversation I, I, I kind of feel, though, particularly in the Mike Schmidt era, we're missing somebody that belongs in this conversation. It does seem like it to me now, as well. Now, injuries and stuff bogged down his career later on. Otherwise, who knows what kind of, and he's still in the Hall of Fame, but who knows what kind of numbers he would have put up. But is George Brett ahead of Brooks Robinson? Oh, well, see, this is where I, I totally did a, I knew we were missing something. You mm-hmm. just can't miss the totally obvious yeah, well, the fact that George Brett isn't on this list is Is he still the latest that like anybody was hitting 400 into a regular season? Didn't they go into like August or something so. in 1980? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so, George Brett is... Uh, my, George Brett is absolutely number two at the very least on this list for me. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, next, we'll go to Steve, who says, from most likely to least likely. He says this is the most likely. Kamala Harris is not on the 2024 ticket. Number two, Ted Cruz is on the 2024 ticket. So that's a little less likely. And then number three, Steve starts a band and names it Front Hole Surfers. <laughs> so that's the least likely thing to happen. Um, I think your order might be opposite, actually. Number three is the least likely event to happen. And that's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. Or, uh, okay, I gotcha. Uh, I would actually put it two, one, and three. But I actually think one and three are pretty close because I think the chances of her not being on the ticket are slim slim in fact there's a far greater likelihood she's at the top of the ticket that's what I was that's my comment was going to be this is schizophrenia dialed up to 11 yeah I mean the reason why I would put Cruz the least likely option there is just because of the likelihood that Trump runs and and I'm not and to me I don't think just looking at it analytically he is an attractive I don't see what he brings to the Trump ticket unless Trump and him have enough of a relationship now that he just wants to set him up for the future. Um, uh, so I don't, I, I don't see the likelihood of that very being very high. Uh, I'll take it as is, I guess. I'll buy. Okay. Andy in Florida says the national average price for a gallon of gasoline will exceed $4 per gallon before it goes back under $2 per gallon. I'm going to sell, but not because, not for a reason that I like. Um, I'm going to sell because at this time last year in a lot of places in America, gas was under $2 a gallon. Why? Lockdowns. Lockdowns. And I think the possibility of trying to play that card again uh, because it worked so well the first time, I think that is a higher likelihood than gas going to $4 a gallon. I will sell it. We're not dealing with market forces, strictly speaking, on many, many issues that we think we are. And here, I think we learned a little lesson. Remember, just like a month ago, we had gas lines in mm-hmm. just the southeast. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we saw people get more pissed off about that than they did about getting masked for months and and schools getting closed down. So I think the powers that be saw that and and said, yeah, that's probably a bridge too far. Uh, let's see. Finally, Elliot Evans says the college football playoffs will eventually expand to 12 teams. That's a metaphysical certitude, I believe. Bye. Yeah. I think there's a slight chance they won't jump right to 12. When I say slight, though, I there, there will be a step of expansion first. But the reason I think that's like 10% or lower um, is because the reason they want to go to 12 is, is they are trying to come up with a number that accommodates Notre Dame gives them more of an opportunity to make it on a almost perennial basis, but then also provides the SEC still gets the opportunity to get three or four teams in the, in the playoff every year if they want. All right. So if you expand to eight and there's five automatic bids, the SEC is going to get harder, hit harder by that than anybody else is. 
But if you expand to 12, they then will benefit from that. 12 is the number everybody benefits. You keep all your conference championship game money. Everybody gets the agenda they want. Okay, the Big Ten can now get multiple teams more often. The SEC will go from getting two teams into three or four a lot of years. The Pac-12 is back involved. It's coast to coast again. The group of five now, the small schools get a bid. Everybody gets what they want. The networks get more meaningful games. 12 is the number that I, that, that I think it's over 90% they go to and as soon as 2023. So bye. Bye. Make it happen fast. I'm exhausted by this nonsense. So is Daniel Horowitz, but by a different nonsense. And he will uh, inform us of that exhaustion coming up here next. Stay tuned. You know, there could be, I don't know, 80, 90 plus points out there you could add to your credit score if you know how to. Uh, get access to them, and that's where ScoreMaster comes in. They have cracked the code on helping you take control of your credit score, which can mean a big difference in life from approval for auto, home, business loans to even if you can get approved. What kind of terms, repayment, interest rate are you looking at? Heck, a lot of employers are looking at credit scores these days as well. So if you want to see um, what can be done about improving your credit score, let ScoreMaster empower you by putting your information where it belongs, in your hands, show you, showing you exactly why you have the score you have and then exactly what can be done about it. Uh, it takes just a few minutes, maybe even a minute or less, to go and look right now when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's right. Again, go look at scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How you been? Hey, great to be back with you, Steve. So you've got a blockbuster piece out at the Blaze today about uh, they're doing uh, ivermectin again, what they did last year to hydroxychloroquine. I want to just give you a brief summation of what we opened the show with, a chain of events, okay? So March 21st of 2020, the president, then president Donald Trump tweets out positive results they're seeing early on with a combination of a robust treatment of hydroxychloroquine and erythromycin together, all right, uh, to help mitigate severe symptoms uh, for COVID-19. By the time we get to uh, May, right away, by the way, uh, Anthony Fauci poo-pooed that right away. We get to May, the Lancet study comes out, that exhaustive study that shows hydroxychloroquine doesn't work and it's, uh, and it's dangerous, which eventually ended up getting retracted because the study was garbage. A couple weeks after that study, the FDA says it will no longer provide guidelines and recommendations for using hydroxychloroquine in the treatment of COVID-19. Two weeks after that, Gilead announces its price structure for its hydroxychloroquine replacement, remdesivir, which a five-day dose will cost you, if you have health insurance, Medicare or Medicaid, $3,120 for a five-day dose per patient. All right. Uh, October. October is the first time that the uh, that the the feds come out and provide treatment guidelines for covid aside for if you're if you test positive isolate uh, if you get serious symptoms go to the er and maybe get on a ventilator it, october which also happened to be the very month remdesivir hit the market 
And now we sit here last night. Study comes out that shows 200% increase for improvement on mortality with the combination of hydroxychloroquine and erythromycin that the president tweeted out last March, 200%. And oh, by the way, if you go look at Gilead's own claims in its study about remdesivir, it showed a 40% improvement on mortality over those who took the placebo drug instead. 40. Five times better efficacious results from hydroxychloroquine. That chain of events, Daniel, Daniel, if they were not purposefully, by the way, you can go and at Walmart right now, get it for, get hydroxychloroquine at goodrx.com. You can get it at most outlets around the country for less than a dollar a pill for a 60 bottle, 60 pill bottle. Meanwhile, remdesivir with far less efficacy, $3,000 for a five-day dose, okay? Daniel, if they were not purposefully smearing these drugs and removing them from the marketplace to set the stage for things like remdesivir and the vaccines, if they were doing it on purpose, what would they have done any differently than that chain of events? Well, Steve, there's one more event of that timeline. In May, the NIH stopped what they were initially working on um, with therapeutics. They were working on therapeutics. May is when they got the news that they felt they were in scoring position uh, with it for the vaccines and they dove headfirst in. That's when NIH stopped working on that and they have not continued to this day. In other words, months ago, they said more studies need to be done on ivermectin. Both NIH said that and the WHO. And since then, there have been 29 randomized controlled trials showing their um, effective and mind you, four billion doses have been dispensed over the years for all sorts of parasitic ailments, and no one ever had a problem with it. It's listed as the among the safest drugs by the WHO. Hydroxy is a similar story with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. It's been used all the time, so it's it's not experimental. Um, as far as remdesivir. So the Europeans actually were going to sue Gilead because they were ripped off. Gilead turns out last fall, early fall, were sitting on the WHO a randomized controlled trial, which showed it didn't work. And yet to this day, uh, you have the people that are in that vulnerable group. They come in, they have the cytokine storm um, where they can't breathe and they're the dysregulated immune response. And they literally are wasting valuable minutes and hours on that remdesivir, which never works, except for the people that are going to recover anyway. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough estimates that 80% of the deaths could have been avoided, the legitimate deaths at least, could have been avoided. Um, vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin uh, and, and zinc should have been the toilet paper of last March. Uh, you know, when you meet people that say, I'm terrified of the virus, how many of them have gotten a vitamin D blood test mm. to find out their levels? Mm -hmm. How close to 40 is your vitamin D level. How off of 40? If it's 40, you ain't getting seriously ill from that. That is a fact. An Israeli study came out, um, Australian study, uh, numerous others on that. Steve, here's the deal. It, it boils down to one thing, and that is Gavi. That's the Vaccine Alliance. It was originally created by, um, or very heavily funded, to the tune of $750 million by Bill Gates in 1999. They put out Google AdWords to warn people not to take ivermectin. Mind you, they have no reason not to take it. And if you go to their website, I found it says the, the foundation, meaning Gates Foundation, is a key Gavi partner in vaccine market shaping. And I think they're, they're quite honest. That's 
That's what you described this show with your timeline. Mm -hmm. It's vaccine market shaping. And Steve, what better way to shape the market than to box out any alternative and to ensure that you're the only show in town? I mean, that's the way to shape a market. So they ensured that nobody could do anything but the vaccine. And I think if you put it widen this discussion a little bit more, notice what they've done recently. They've changed their guidance on children. CDC doctored the language that used to say uh, COVID is less dangerous than the flu to children. They changed that language um, for children over five, which is what they're marketing now for the vaccine. They've changed the CT threshold for a positive test post-vaccination to juice up the vaccines. Mm -hmm. They stifle anything on natural immunity because then 40% of the people would have no need for the vaccine if the truth got out there. So you look at everything in totality, I think it's quite clear they're engaged in a global genocide and commensurate with their degree of concern about COVID is their degree of culpability for blocking the only safe, cheap, mm -hmm. effective treatments. And, and the point of these things are like, the only other thing that's been proven to have some degree of efficacy are the monoclonal antibodies. But even those are pretty expensive and they're invasive, at least until now, that you needed to be hospitalized. Yeah, be hospitalized. So again, yeah. it's not something you're gonna take on the fly and often it's too late. Um, the, the studies that study them and have them taken early on, most people don't wake up till the fact till later. This stuff could have been done I mean, Steve, it's heartbreaking. This is the biggest story, not the Wuhan lab leak. Tie this in. Let's parlay this with the piece you put out this morning on ivermectin. India. India proves everything we're talking about. So there's a lot of talk about India. Um, you know, Malcolm X used to say the media is the most uh, powerful tool because they can make guilty the innocent and innocent out of the guilty. They could flip everything upside down. Everyone thinks that India is the worst place in the world. Steve, did you know that India's death rate per million is one-seventh that of the U.S., even after they recently achieved herd immunity and the wave has waned? One-seventh. Um, they have a 13% rate of vaccination. They have first four dose. times the population we do. Four times the population. They have a caste system areas. where they have, they have, they have a, an institutional underclass, right? Okay. Yep. Very, very vulnerable yep. people, sick people, uh, homeless people. You go to the major cities there and, you know, three in the morning, it's noisy, it's lined with people. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a situation where only 13% had the first vaccine, whereas in America it's about 52, in the UK it's 60, in Israel it's even more. They have a one seventh the death rate, they have a lower death rate than Israel, and it's very, very slightly higher, about the same as Finland which is regarded as one of the few places mm -hmm. that kind of escaped what's going on there. The reality is that the secret ingredient is one thing and one thing only. It's not masks. It's not vaccines. It's natural immunity. It's going to do its thing. But how painful is that round going to be? Are you going to use ivermectin or not? Um, there's this. So they've had a big debate there over ivermectin, and they have about 35 different states and government entities and some pushed it very strongly. Some essentially banned it. And M.K. Stalin, MK Stalin <laughs> who's the governor of uh, Tamil Nadu, um, he banned it and opted for remdesivir. Uh, their curve went on 
three weeks longer than the surrounding states that used uh, ivermectin. And they're it's finally dropping off, but much shallower than the others. What I did in this piece is I showed charts. Typically, we've seen about a 70 to 75 percent decline within a four to six week period after the peak. Right. That's the 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 Gompertz curve we've seen everywhere. But in these provinces in ivermectin in, in India, where they used ivermectin, Steve, it's 98 to 99 percent drop off. We've never seen that. So a lot of it's herd immunity. I'm not going to play the same game the other sure. side did. But what we're going to show, show is that the numbers are remarkable. But here's the big question. We've never seen a place that used ivermectin from day one before they had panicked and it already peaked. What would we have seen had they done that? And, and we had the truth on this for at least seven, eight months. And again, this is just one therapeutic. There's so many others, um, colchicine, fluvaxamine. Why don't we have doctors researching this? And I think we have our answer. Final thing, you've mentioned natural immunity. Interesting study from the Cleveland Clinic came out yesterday, over 5,000 patients sample. And the, the reinfection rates, whether vaccinated or natural immunity, are paltry either way, but they're virtually the same. The idea that vaccinated immunity is necessary, even if you've already had it, this study just proves in real time that's just complete and total garbage. Complete and total garbage. And as you mentioned, not a single reinfection, whereas there were a few from the vaccine. So if anything, our policies should be more geared yeah. towards those who already had it. And one other thing, Steve, on that, uh, Fauci said yesterday that the Delta Indian variant mm. is particularly dangerous because, again, they say a lie that more people died in India. So then they build a lie off the lie. Hey, the reality is they had the Delta thing there. And it's one seventh of the death rate here. And we're seeing they've achieved herd immunity. And guess what you have with hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? The way they work, it will work for any variant because they work for all respiratory viruses. So if you're worried about the variants, therapeutics is the way to go. Great stuff, my friend. Good to see you as always. All right, take care. Thank you for joining us. God bless. Same to you. You know, we've been warning you about home title theft for a couple of years on the show here. This is where cyber thieves go online, where your home's title is kept, claim to be you, uh, so that they can say that you sold your home to them on a quick claim deed, giving them access to all your equity, sticking you with late payments, evictions, foreclosures. Well, when you have a massive data breach that uh, has name, address, personal information, it makes it even easier for these cyber thieves than to acquire the information that you use to identify yourself online and therefore commit this crime against you. That's why... We're urging you, again, to check out our friends at Home Title Lock during this uh, this high-risk period. Facebook just had a breach. 500 million accounts just had their data breached uh, with uh, via Facebook. Uh, take advantage of, of, of the 30 free days right now with the promo code radio. 30 free days with the promo code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. Just to make sure you're covered during this Facebook breach, 30 free days of protection with the promo code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. So I'm about to head out of here and catch a plane. I'm going to be speaking at a rally at the Michigan legislature tomorrow. You guys will be doing the overtime in my place today. So before we uh, say our goodbyes here in about two minutes, any last words? My question to you after hearing that with Daniel Horowitz, what are you addicted to in your life on the level of a crackhead junkie that either you don't haven't heard this by now 
after a year and a half of this, or you have heard of it and you just shrug and want to get back to, again, quotes normal, because you're if 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 you're in one of those two camps you are addicted to something in your life on a level of a crackhead junkie i this is because the only reaction to all of that and you heard the tone set at the beginning of the show with steve is righteous anger and indignation that will stop at nothing until somebody is sufficiently punished that's well said and uh, I said earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, I don't know, they're all, they're all starting to run together now. The, the pall uh, that's being cast over all of the vindication right now is that it is not justice. But what do we always say? What's the familiar refrain on this show? We're na- not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. Until there is a will for justice, there will not be justice this is a steel cage match with the spirit of the age there is no live and let live as jesse kelly adequately uh actually uh, deftly pointed out today on on twitter there is no live and let live it's a mono imano steel cage uh death match do we have the will to pursue real justice not just vindication that's the cheese it's justice is the real stake drawing a line in the sand saying This will never happen again in my school district, in my town, in my county, in my state. Do we have the will to do that? That's what we're going to find out one way or another. To a very dark place, Mm -hmm. this conversation goes. That's fine. At least it's real. So sick of the fakes, the lies. See, I'm with you. That, that's why when I see things like a school play about a transgender Jesus, give me that. Because that, that, that is so upfront and honest, it produces its own backlash. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the subtlety. That's the danger. The, the wolf in sheep's clothing is the yeah. danger. Give me the wolf, right? Yeah. We know what to do with the wolf, yeah. fight or flight, yeah. right? It's the wolf in sheep's clothing you got to be concerned about. We'll be back again on Friday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.